This is Incorporate Zimcast. This is Incorporate That's Zimcast. True. That's false. The podcast is live. The Zim Dream is alive. I agree. Welcome to the Incorporate Zimcast. This is Incorporate Zimcast. With your host, Joe Sana. Incorporate Zimcast. We are back, you know, every Thursday uh, on ZFM. And uh, tonight, you know, tonight we have someone special. You know, we, we got him on the on the platform this past week. His name is Sasha. So what's yes, up, man? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, bro, is it? Uh, not bad, not bad. It's good to have you on Incorporate Zoomcast. Thank you very much, bro. It's an honor to be here. I'm very excited. Very much excited. Uh, now, it's good to have you here. Just introduce yourself, Sasha, because, you know, a lot of our listeners have not come across you yet. So just briefly introduce yourself. Okay, so Sasha is, um, I can say, an, an entrepreneur was basically into film and photography. So I do aerial photography, also in aerial filming. I think I started doing video filming in, back in 2016. And yeah, so I do commercials and I do documentary film. Wow, wow. So it's a combination of both. Uh, you take pictures, um, you also do videos. Yes, I do both. My strength is mainly in video. Yeah, but I've, I've learned pictures per, per, uh, on the smoke page. There's there's also fire uh, there. Uh, bro, I appreciate. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, tell us, Sasha. Like, um, how did how did you begin this journey of photography, and um, how did you get into this? So it started when I was a kid. I used to play around with my mother's camera. Okay, she had a phone, which it was a Sony X10. I remember. Wow. An, an amazing camera. So I started playing around with the phone, recording videos, or try to play around with the editing and stuff. My first editing experience was with uh, Publisher. So I don't know how my mother used to do. She would import the videos for me from the phone to the computer. And then I'll try to stick around things with the Publisher. And then I'll put those nice titles which play around, you know, swinging and swiving around. So basically when I wanted to grow up, I wanted to be a pilot. That's all well, I thought, you know, it's either I could be a pilot or I could be a driver. And then when I was like in form three, I then fell to going to the science classes. I had to go into the arts classes. And that's when I was like, you know what? Uh, I think let me just follow my passion. So I started playing around with the cameras and I discovered I liked it more because I used to be an artist also. I used to draw stuff with, you know, with the pencil and stuff like that. During those uh, study period, whilst the teacher is busy teaching, I'd be busy with my sketchbook drawing something. So I then it was easy for me to transition from that kind of uh, playing around, and then I turned into, into profits. Started wow. making money out of it. Uh, so this is this has been over like ten years now. Huh? Yeah, it's been over like 10 years. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, one thing when I was reading your bio is you say you're a storyteller by nature. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. That's me. I like <laughs> documenting things and telling stories. All right. All right. It's very interesting. So, I mean, to date, what projects can you say you're really proud of that really stick out to you? Um, Last year, I did uh, a documentary for UNDP. We were, we were just telling the story of how COVID 
affected people. So mm. just basically telling a story of how we went to Blawai to film there, I think for like a week. So they found this program whereby they wanted to see to what extent did this COVID pandemic uh, hit young people and people around. So it's with the teachers who were saying, you know what, um, my work has been affected just because I don't have people who are coming to school. That's very impressive. And I'm like, okay, and I just want to know, this is this is the very proud moment for you. I mean, working with uh-huh. you and DP, like, did you ever imagine this? Like, if you look back and, you know, you go back to when you began photography and you see your dreams becoming a reality, did you ever picture this? No. So, okay, and okay, I remember one day, I think, because there's someone who, so, who once saw my work at church, and they're like, ah, you know, you're going to make money out of doing things that you love. So I'm like, no, I can't do this. Because I thought a photographer, you know those people who are in the park, those who take those passport size photos. Uh-huh. That's the picture that I had. I remember I cried. I was like, no. I went home to my mother. I was like, ah, mama, eh, these people, they want me to be poor in life. It's like, what? I was like, ah, I can't be a photographer. I can't be taking people passport size photos. Like, no, you know, you, you need exposure. Go out there, look what other people are doing. And I remember I met this guy, he's called Tinash. He's one of the best photographers here in Zimbabwe. Uh-huh. So I reached out to him on, on Instagram. I was like, ah, oh, your browser, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really inspired by your work. When I finish my A-level, can I come and, you know, and work for you and see how things are done? Maybe I'll be, I'll get one or two things. And I was like, I oh, you know what, don't worry, you can come by. So when I went to Tinash now, that's when I saw, no, I was wrong about photography. There's actually more to photography than what I had imagined. So it's basically the person who taught me how to shoot professional photos, not just photos, photos, but professional photos. Wow. So, I mean, in your journey, mentorship has been has been very important, clearly. Yes, it's been very important. Were there certain photographers you looked up to in Zimbabwe when when you were trying to perfect your craft? Yeah, it was uh, when, I, when I first started, I didn't have anyone. So because of Instagram, I saw one of his pictures that he took. It was iconic. It was, uh, I don't know if you know, there's this nice photograph. I think it was, um, you know, Padre Nyatwa, when you're going to Avondale. Yes. He took a nice jacaranda photo. It was, it was, it was in jacaranda season. So I took this nice, amazing photo. I remember, I was like, yo, I want to take photos like this. That's when I reached out to him. I was like, ah, oh, bro, I'm inspired by your work. And then that's when, you know, he's, he's, he's been mentoring me since then. And he's, he's the one who actually introduced me to how to turn the passion into profits. Like, you know what? You might be skilled and be, be very much talented in one, but if you don't know how to market the, the craft, you die a... A very talented uh, artist. You won't even make it. So he's the guy that I looked up to. He's got a nice, amazing family. He's got a nice, he's got, he married this nice, beautiful lady, and he's got a kid. I was like, you know what? I want to be. I want to have a life like this. I want to live like this guy. Okay. So now, now that you're on air, you have to tell us how do you turn your skill into profit? Because I know there are lots of young content creators, photographers listening to this. And they're wondering, how do I make my skill here into a profit? So share your own tips and advice. Okay, so firstly, you need a portfolio. Because you can't just go and knock into someone's door and be like, yo, I can do this without proof. Everyone wants proof. You can say whatever you can say, or but when there's 
nothing which is tangible no one will believe you so i started by creating my own portfolio first days i used to go for weddings and be like can i shoot your wedding for free can i do this thing for free so that and then that's how i managed to build my own portfolio i remember i used to even ask those gurus i used to go for big people who are doing it and then they said like i can i just come to shoot or just watch or even hop around just to get uh, to sharpen my skills so firstly you need a portfolio and then you need to sharpen your skill and then when you know and when you're comfortable or when you're confident enough that's when you can go into the market and you know you can approach people because people there's opportunities are there but the problem is people are waiting for opportunities to come and knock at the door but we need to go out there and knock on the opportunities go there and be like you know what i've done work for econet i've done work for stuart bank i've done work for holiday inn so i normally take those uh, reference and be like ah you know look look this is what i've done i've I've worked with Egonet and these are their reviews. So that's how I've managed to grow. So I normally, when I work with someone, I take that experience. I take it to someone I'm like, yo, I worked with me. I worked with this person with the so-and-so. So would you mind to give me a try? I see. And so like, it's important as a content creator or photographer at the beginning for you to to do a pro bono, to do work for free. Yes. This is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's basically like with any other entrepreneur, right? Look, for you to set up a business, you need to build premises. You need to uh, buy the equipment. You know, they, there's needs of the machineries, the cars and everything. So basically, as you're studying also, since you can't invest physical money into this, the, the only way you can invest is by, you know, doing more pro bonos. That's the only way you can, that's the only investment that you can give as an artist. You can't go and invest by building a building. You don't need a building when you're starting. You don't need a building to be an artist. You don't need a, yeah, you see. So for you to make money, you need to spend money or you need to use money for you to, to make money. So as an artist, you need to use your time also so that you gain experience. So more pro bonus before you start hitting the money. I hear that. And, you know, one thing you keep on repeating, you know, is, you know, as an artist and an entrepreneur. So I can tell that you turned this into a business. Not only did it become a skill, but you even started your own business. Am I correct? Yes, yes, you're correct. Uh, so tell us about the business end of things. Tell us about the business. What's the name of the business? All right, so the name of the business is Samok Photography. Please spell it so you know our listeners, so they get it. Okay, so it's S-A-M-O-K Photography. Nice, okay. Uh, and this is yeah, the yeah. photography. It's a photography company, confirm? Yeah, it's a photography company. Mm-hmm. And so tell us more about it. Tell us when Samog started. Um, you know, tell us the services you provide. You know, tell us about Samog. We want to know about it. Okay, so Samog Photography started in 2018, mid-2018 there, in Mutari. Because I was born in Mutari and I grew up in Mutari. And then I recently moved to, okay, not recently, I moved to Harare last year. And now I'm based in Harare. So we do wedding photography, we do corporate photography, we also do personal shoots or graduation shoots, even uh, anniversary shoots. We've grown to a point where we're also offering video services. So the name that was originally was Samok Photos, and then now we're also using that name also for video. So we also do documentary films, we do wedding films, and we also do commercials and music videos nice and what what are the rates let's say i'm having um i've got a cousin you know getting married soon and i want i want you to to go or tell me how, how, how much how much are you charging for this wedding 
Uh, so for photo shoots, we, we've got packages. They start from 600 bucks. Just one photographer will come for eight hours. And then each one, the full package, the full, full package is uh, 1,200. Maybe you've got uh, three photographers and including a photo booth. And then video also, it comes with uh, two cameras and uh, a drone. Mm-hmm. There's also lighting included on that. So we provide a trailer, a five minutes trailer, and then a full-length video is roughly about two hours maximum. And uh, we do digital delivery only. No, that's that's very impressive. You know, if you're having anything, if you're if it's corporates, corporates can do it. You know, if you're having a wedding, if you're having a party, smoke photography and videography is your is your place. It's obviously been uh, quite the journey for you. I mean, you came from Tare. Um, you know, you're now in Arare and, you know, you've worked with, you know, different clients, you've worked with Econet, you know, you've worked with UNDP and, you know, obviously the list keeps getting longer and longer. Um, tell us your visions for the future. You know, Africa is where everything is happening right now <laughs> because of, uh, you know, we've got, um, we've got the land, we've got the nice scenery and everything. My vision for probably for the next five years or 10 years is to build the largest media company in Africa. Whereby we just not basically telling uh, small stories, but big stories. When you go outside the country, like in uh, overseas, the way they tell our African stories, they make it seem like, you know, Africa is the worst place to be. But I want to bridge the gap by, you know, we show people, I want to sell the feeling, not just tell the story of how Africa is, but to sell the feeling of, you know, Africa is the best place to be. Africa is the best place to invest in. You know, there's potential in Africa. So I want to build a large media house, which is basically covering the whole Southern Africa. That's that's brilliant. And I think that's what's truly needed. Um, I always believe that, you know, even here with Incorporate Zim, you know, branding is so important. And it's important how we brand ourselves as a country, as a region, you know, to to be the ones in charge of the narrative and, you know, what we share to the world. And, you know, Zimbabwe yeah. is truly yeah. beautiful. I think one person who I'm missing here is Joe. Uh, you know how Joe, how I actually met uh, my co-host Joe is uh, through his Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and he had a Tell drone. Uh, uh, he had a drone. And, you know, he flew uh. to, uh, it was a Mutari. And he released crazy footage, you know, amazing, beautiful footage, high quality of Kimani Mani and Mutari when he was there. And I was oh. blown away, you know? I was I was extremely blown away, like, this is our country. And, you know, I had never met anybody in Zimbabwe um, who had used drone um, personally to, you know, to let the outside world see Zimbabwe. So that's actually mm. how I first met Joe, and I was truly blown away. So by the time he ended up messaging me, I was like, Joe, I already know you. <laughs> you know, I've seen your work, <laughs> and uh, I think yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. And um, just speaking on that, like, I don't know you, I, I don't know if you've had the chance to meet Joe, but, you know, I personally love, you know, the drone aspect and how he's managed to content create, you know, quality with drone technology and release a beautiful image of our country. Uh, Joe is amazing. Ah, uh, Joe is amazing. You know, he's the person who motivated <laughs> me to buy my own drone. I was like, yo, this is amazing. I wish I could do this. I was like, ah, no, it's easy. So I was like, um, I in turn, the other time, so, because he's from Mutari, I'm from Mutari, and we knew each other from, you know, from primary school. 
so when he came back i was like um so i saw him i saw his videos like ah oh, bro you know your video is amazing uh hey I, I you know i hope to work with you soon it's like i'm not sure bro how when i'm when when i'm going for a shoot i'll just call you and then we can go together so we went this other time he came he's like i know let's go fly the drones like i know this is how you fly a drone this is what you do this is how you take this footage and you know i was like yeesh i need to buy my own drone man <laughs> <laughs> so i know i've seen just footage that's amazing bro I, <laughs> Uh, and uh, so you you have your own personal experience with drones is, is that so yes yes you know tell me about this because i don't know a lot of content creators in zimbabwe that i maybe you are aware but um tell us about you know the experience using drones to take footage okay so the thing with drones now is uh they kind of enhance your production because what's other because right now it's the the latest technology like what i was telling you what i was telling you that you know you need to be up to date with the trends you need to be you know relevant for you you know so with drones now um i remember the first time when i when i first got my drone you know i got more the reason i managed to to get uh these big clients to you know the reason why i might wait the reason why i got to work with this huge uh, brands and stuff it was because you know i i owned a drone so you got them like you know i've got a drone they're like oh wow because <laughs> there are shots that you can take with the camera but you'd be limited mm-hmm. especially like when you're telling a story you know it's like when you're what can i say it's like yeah when you're telling a story and and you've got limited tools you can't tell the story in you know, the full like, story in the yes. yeah the full story so the drones they hope they hope you know creative tell the full story now because you've got the area of view so when you're telling someone no amutare is nice when you're with a camera now you can the only the only view that people can see is the front of view people can't see how amutare looks like from the top and no one can afford to buy you know to get on a helicopter right so that they can see the whole of mutare or the whole of harare in the sky so the drones they bridge the gap between you know the plane because it's very it's expensive for you to see the, the scenery from up there at the same time you know uh, it's easy now when you've got a drone because you can actually see the whole area of view you know from 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 beneath it's cheaper so drones they bridge the, the gap it's really it's been quite an experience i've crashed a little <coughs> twice now my recent crash was in Zambezi. I drowned the drone in Zambezi. <laughs> <laughs> I drowned the drone in Zambezi. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so drones have got sensors in it. So when you want to lay the drone, um, you know, it needs to kind of like, there needs to be like a flat surface. So I thought I was going to be able to land it. And then the sensors now are like, no, nah, uh these high magnetic fields you know there's too much water and under, underneath so when i tried to to land it then disconnect it it's like i know i'd return to home because for this option by if it gets into a panic mode in the sky it will just go back to weight landed wait uh where you've you know where you you've, you started flying from so it went back to the place where i you know where i'd lift it up and then Once I was going back, the battery was low, and then it fell into the water, into the Zambezi River. Wow! I mean, <laughs> that's definitely a story <laughs> that one day you should definitely share uh, with a lot just, of people. 
It's a story for another day, but I think God has managed to recover it. Got another one, so yeah. And that's how you definitely stand apart from your from your competition. I, I'm not like I said. I haven't I haven't seen too much, you know, use of drone technology. I actually, besides you, Joe, there's a friend of mine called Donald Kazirange, um, who uh, has specialized in in using drones, and Donald is actually using drones for agriculture. And we think, you know, drones have actually revolutionized even the way agriculture is done, you know, and it's it's agriculture, but even, uh, you know, medicine. Um, in Rwanda, they're delivering blood, you know, on demand. You know, they use yeah. drones. Drone technology is definitely the future. And um, I think for you to be using it in your content creation, you know, I don't know if you can share like um uh, do you do you know any others involved in content creators who use drone technology? Yes, uh there's quite a number of them. People are already acquiring drones. Uh, that's game changing. Like my personal experience with it was um when I I, I remember it was I think it was 2011. I think I was phone uh, 2 and my dad came back uh, with a drone. Uh and he was like, "Yo, um you know, check this out. This is what I got for you." And I think at that age, I was just too young to actually understand, uh, you know, what I had in my power, like what I had in my hand was basically the next advancement of human innovation. And I was just like, if I had, you know, taken it seriously by now, you'd have seen me content creating. I would have probably <laughs> built my own photography company or, or, or something. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, I, I, I'm here. Uh, Donald, you here? I'm here. Uh, Donald, we have you here because you know of your experience and uh, uh, your awareness of uh, drone technology. I mean, so just go ahead and uh, quickly introduce yourself. All right. Um, well, my name is Donald uh, Kadzirange. I'm 22. Uh, I currently work at uh, Zimplat, and I'm actually working with drones here. Uh, the mindset, Ngezi mindset, that's done in Mundoro. So basically, I first in drones in 2018, two years after I finished high school. I hadn't gone to uni, I stood at home. You know, just, yeah. Um, so you just yeah. magically picked up the passion for drones as soon as you finished high school? Um, it happened over a YouTube ad. That's the first time YouTube has ever actually helped me in my life. YouTube is the best teacher, bro. <laughs> and then it, it really what happened, happened from there? What happened from um, there? YouTube ad, and I'm like, I see guys on a boat. I'm like, this is not a helicopter. What's taking this video? I'm like, what? No, this is crazy. And then I see this guy holding a drone. And I'm like, what? Drones? This quality is so good. Um, so at that point in time, I was in Mount Pleasant. I got on my laptop, then I was like, drone drone companies near me. And then, boom, bro, there's a drone company five minutes away from my house. I'm like, what? That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so what did I do? I sent an email to the company. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I chanced it. I was like, I can fly drones. I've been flying them for a while. This was on a Thursday. <laughs> and 
and okay. I'm doing social media marketing. And then the guy's like, okay, come in for an interview on Monday. I'm like, yo, what? I saw the email on Friday. I'm like, no, this is a lie. <laughs> so what did I do? I went on the internet and I started researching how to turn on a drone, how to fly a drone, how to... I spent the whole weekend watching drone videos, right? I kid you not. Come Monday, I still didn't know anything. <laughs> I still didn't know anything. <laughs> I went into the interview. Uh, the yeah. company was called Drone Solutions. It's in Emerald Hill, right near St. John's. Drone Solutions. Yo, I got there, and at that time, I was what? I was 19, 20? Yeah, 19. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like my energy, you know, just the way I handled myself, the way I spoke about drone, which I'd never flown in my life. <laughs> and then mainly because he wanted he wanted social media done. Like his, social, his company wanted more social media interaction. So mm-hmm. that's the yeah. slot he put me in first. So, you know, it was just a young group of four people within the office, right? Young, the oldest person in the office at that time was about 24. And then the luckiest thing ever was I was the only one with a license within the drones department. The drone company was a subsidiary of like a CCTV camera company and a building management systems company. Mm-hmm. So... I got lucky in the sense where I was the owner with the license. So instead of sending the one drone pilot with the driver, it became cheaper for him to in drones. And then I drive around, you know, to do tips. And man, in the next year, I learned hell a lot of things about drones, man. Tons of experience. Ah. I went to, I went to, I went to Ulitz, um, the sugar plantation. You know, I learned in, in a month and a half, I'd learned how to fly drones. I'd learned a lot on all the different kinds of drones, you know, agricultural drones. I learned all the different types of sensors of drones, you know, like these, these drones right now that we use here at work, where one sensor costs 17,000 before you even buy the drone alone. Just the drone <laughs> sensor, the camera, the, just yeah. the camera cost 17,000 you know um, there's sensors that cost 5,000 there's certain specific sensors made by third parties which are not DJI you know sensors that can cost up to 32,000 um, yo cameras cameras before we even talk about the drone alert he had work I, I fly a drone that costs about 57,000 that's the one that I fly here at work um, so basically in that time I was flying small drones when I was a drone solution that first week Phantom 4 you know that's your standard drone and then um, we got this one project uh, for Tamab SAA um, the afforestation uh, company the one for tobacco farmers mm-hmm. um, so that 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 had about uh, plants in different parts parts of the country and these are like big hectares 500 hectares 700 hectares and we have to map that with drones and at this point in time we're doing a tree tree count for this company that was the longest project ever of my life it took us two months so one week i'm driving to uh it's one place past my and i forgot where it was mm-hmm. and then the next week 
went to Chivu and the next week I'm probably going and I went to Shishawane then I come down from Shishawane and rest at home for like was two months just on the road just wow. doing this whole mapping thing it was it was crazy because in Chivu uh, one of the drones was taken by an eagle this was a fixed wing drone it wasn't like the multi-road <laughs> you know the, the ones that you usually see with mm-hmm. the like four four wings like those are what we call multi-road drones where it's got like for now this one was a fixed wing drone um so it had what we call an rgb camera uh that's your uh, red green uh red green and blue that that that's what mainly you use for like tree health analysis that's your farmer's drone for like you know calculating your crops crop health and all that that's what like mainly farmers use yeah one of those was taken by an eagle and the eagle took it about 1.3 k's away and we had to track it down because that sense alone cost 3000 it's a small little sensor smaller like a gopro right like a little wow. gopro camera yeah. the camera yeah. within that costs about three thousand dollars so we had to find that drone and we managed to track it down obviously because these drones have gps coordinates of where you know it would have lost flown so we just walked in the direction of where we thought it was and we found it like in the middle of the bush, bro. So far away from the trees and all that. <laughs> so like, Jeez. you know, mad experiences like that and getting to learn a lot within the drone industry. Got training from a couple of guys from Cape Town who's done, done at Drone Solutions. And then I left Drone Solutions. To uh, start my own thing. Mm-hmm. Which I did for about four or five months. Uh, drone Hub. And but basically, I was really just doing, yeah, I was really just doing like um site analysis and small mapping gigs, wasn't doing anything major. That was until the time I saw the Zimplas ad where they wanted drone pilots, and uh, yeah, you know, I applied for that and I got in, and um. So, yeah, I mean this. This has just been your like, because you know a lot of people aren't are not actually aware of you know like you know exactly of drone technology in Zimbabwe. So clearly, from your own experiences, you know it's it's prevalent. Huh? There are a lot of places. Even like, could you tell us you know like the use of drones in in agriculture and even even just explain the use of it in mining as well, and just to, to right. emphasize the importance of it. All right. Um, so I'll start with farming and agriculture. Drones in agriculture, bro, they're changing. They're changing how uh, people farm in general. Crazy. Um, you know, you go from your crop health analysis drones, you know, mm. to your to your um, spraying drones, to your uh pesticide drones you know um so with your farming drones like uh your crop health analysis it's 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 farmers basically working on what they call precision agriculture um it allows you to increase your yield because what you do is you have coordinates of your farm most proper farmers have coordinates of their farm they know that i farm at exactly um 65x you know, 65 degrees north, 65 degrees south, my tobacco crop goes a lot. 
no, these coordinates. So then mm-hmm. when you give a drone pilot these farm coordinates and and then you'll receive what you call a KLM file, right? That KLM file has the coordinates of the area that this farm is farmed um, on. So what you do is you insert this into your drone application. You put your drone, it, it downloads onto the drone, the details of the coordinates. Understand that most drones have an accuracy of up to five centimeters. So it will miss um, the place five centimeter if it's not what they call an RTK drone. This is what you call a real-time kinetic, which has a sub-millimeter accuracy. This is what surveyors use now, which is why other mind surveyors are actually becoming a thing of a, of the past. Traditional surveying is getting replaced by drones. It's way wow. cheaper because you're paying less yeah. people. And that's what's happening really here at the mind. So basically, um, yo, so he'll give you these coordinates, right? And you go, you fly your drone over. It's capturing images, uh, red, green, and blue, RGB. Mm-hmm. And then basically what it does is it can pick up areas um, through these these colors. It will pick up areas where chlorophyll is a green color in your plants, right? So the yes. sun's reflectivity off the plant back into the sky, right? That's what it will pick up. So areas with low uh, reflectiveness, those are areas with low chlorophyll, the green in the plants. So meaning your plants will be lacking here. So you see that the when you then map that, you put it into the, into the computer. The computer processes the data, um, produces what you call an auto mosaic or a map. Right, your auto mosaic is your map, your your digital surface model. Mm-hmm. From those colors, it will then pick up areas where which are red and yellow. Those are your low chlorophyll areas. Areas which mm-hmm. are green, those are your areas where your plants are healthy. So within those patches that you've seen, okay, here it's red you'll know, okay, I need to add more fertilizer. I need to add more water there. Um, this, is, this, is, this is the parts of my field I need to work on. So basically that in, in, in simple terms, in layman's terms, that's how that works for your plant health analysis. Wow. And, and that's and the I, same way you can, yeah? Are farmers aware of this? Like, have you... In your experience, do you, uh, have farmers used drone technology in agriculture in Zimbabwe? Yes, a lot of times, man. A lot of times, mapped a lot of farms. Um, I didn't know. Wait, uh, so you you actually you, have you personally like been contracted to to work on like people's farms to do this? Yeah, I have. And this was with drone solutions, or this was uh, on your own? Um, like? This was with drone solutions, and then on my own, what I mainly did was um, uh, land segregation after mapping, and also yeah. helping people who are outside the country map their farms so that they have an understanding of their farms and their farm sizes, their hectares. And then, see, what also happens is you can generate what you call a file from an auto mosaic. So that gives you contours and it also allows you to understand your elevation of your what of your farm in it. So basically, you know how your water is most likely to flow within the ground. You can also then um, organize your center privilege and all that um, using that technology. So before you even get on the land, if you give it to someone who knows how to use um, this information, they will tell you you want to farm like this. Okay. Because of that information collected by the drone. What's what's the technology called? I think it's you said elevation. What? It's just like it's it's it, it allows you to generate contours. 
so this controls are basically your your elevation your elevation within your land to say okay your land slopes like you know it's, it's sloping like this from north to south it's sloping at like 40 degrees 50 degrees so your water is most likely to flow like this throughout your farm you're going to be more successful in your farming your irrigation if you put your irrigation coming from this direction you drill your ball coming from there you've got more power in your water you know your natural gravity wow Mm-hmm. And all this knowledge is just being delivered now. You know, I, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed, man. I won't even lie. I'm like, Don, why don't we speak about more about this? What I see. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of opportunities in drones, bro. I'm telling you, because you know they, they they take your eyes where your body can't go. So basically, yeah. there's a huge magnet. Yeah. Uh, like what I was saying, uh, I once there's an article that I once saw. Saying 65% of the Africa's agricultural land is suffers from land degradation. And I'm like, wow, that's those are losses, bro. Like 65% of the land. That's a huge loss. Imagine if you're not able to predict that. But now with the drones, you're able to see okay, fine. Uh, this is what's going to happen. Let me start taking precautions. How best can I make you know my youth? How best can I, you know, can I develop my land and make my land proper? So drones are basically, you know, profits, bro. Mm-hmm. And no, that's, good, that's good. I love to hear that because I'm hearing, you know, you you know, Sasha does use his drone for content creation and you know, you mm-hmm. know, to take his videos and then you out and you know now you're also using it in mining. So it just shows the impact it has in, in all different sectors. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the mining industry, it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game. Um, in the mining industry, there's there's two aspects. There's um, the aspect of surveillance, right, uh, which is very critical, especially at nighttime. You know, with your thermal cameras, um, surveillance is very important in mines because mines, at mines, things are stolen all the time. It doesn't matter how big your mine is. It can be Zimbabwe Consolidation Diamond Company. It can be Simplest. Can be Unki. Can be wherever. Mm-hmm. And drone technology especially thermal imaging at night helps cut down on a lot of losses and theft and a lot of tracking as well. You know, it's hard to run away from a person, from a drone, if you're running through the bush and it's got a thermal camera on it and it can give you sub-centimeter accuracy to where this person is um, and it flies for 55 minutes at a speed of 75 or 80 k's an hour. And you are running. You are not really going to run that. You're not going to run for the next 40 minutes faster than the drone. It's impossible. Absolutely. It's impossible. <laughs> and then mapping underground with what you call slam light assistance. LIDAR mapping is, is used all over the world by, in drones with bridges. You can use it with, on most people. Bridges, what basically LIDAR is, mapping with light that gives you back correct information on what your structure is like. Especially with agriculture, like what you were saying, it tells you where the contours are. So now you know where to put your center pivot. All this stuff is important. Uh, <laughs> it makes your life easy. Uh, Imagine if, life. You, if you were to do that with the normal sensors and everything, right? It was to, to, to take maybe many years. Uh, to take me years. Something that now you can only do like like 30 minutes. You'll be you've done. You know, just to end this uh, podcast, Sasha, uh, just tell us any final words, you know, advice for the youth, for our listeners, 
Yeah, uh, you know, I'd say there's potential in Zim. Plenty of opportunities here in Zim. So we just need to be creative and we just need to work. Learn your 10,000 first before you go to see a client. You need to have done 10,000. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Thank you so much, Shasha. It's been an amazing episode with you. And Donald, you know, we truly appreciate all the knowledge and gems you guys have dropped. Um, Every Thursday on ZFM Incorporate Zimcast, catch us right here. Thank you so much.